Hi, welcome back to the Corner of Hope and Wellness with Carrie Hill. I hope you all had a great week. It is season two, episode two this week. And I like to refer to this conversation as two women who experience anxiety having a conversation about anxiety. This week's guest is Yasmin Irfani, and she shares how cultural expectations impacted her mental health and the tools that she's learned to cope with anxiety. And before we listen to this conversation, just want to remind you all to hit that follow button for the Corner of Hope and Wellness podcast. And if you want to connect with me, if you want to work with me, if you want to ask me a question, um, please go to my website, carriehill.net, or follow me on Instagram at the Corner of Hope and Wellness, as well as Thrive with Carrie Hill, both Instagram accounts. So let's listen in. Good morning, Yasmin. I'm I am thrilled to have you here. It I just you were such a blessing in my life, one of those unexpected blessings, and I'm so excited to have you on here for season two. So thank you for agreeing to do this with me. It's an honor to be sharing space with you. Yay! So excited. So I want to start off because I love this because you and I have this this commonality about when we were when we were young ones, when we were young girls, that we had a lot of anxiety um, as, as young ones and very sensitive. And that impact that that can have for you in the world is tremendous. And so I wanted to talk, you talk a little bit about your experience about being um, an anxious and sensitive uh, young person in this world. And how, how has that really shaped you? Yeah, thank you so much. So I grew up as um, in the Pakistani South Asian culture, very like, you know, the HSP, highly sensitive person um, yeah. as that, uh, feel, feeling a lot of big emotions and being in a community or family environment, which didn't really know how to um, manage those emotions. So I ended up trying to figure it out on my own and trying to manage other people's emotions. And the way it's shaped me is that I, I mean, I still live with like that little anxiousness, but thankfully through my journey and getting therapy and all of that, I know how to manage it better. And I'm grateful for it because it now makes me empathize with other people and I want to help others who feel anxious or highly sensitive as well. I love that. I love that. Um, just, I'm thinking about a little piece where when I met you um, and you were in one of my instructor classes that I never would have imagined the person that you are and how you are out in the world based on what you were conveying to me as somebody who had to do this 15 minute pr presentation was feeling. And there's this great sense of like inspiration for me that 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 young woman who was so fearful about doing this presentation is in the world in a really big and public way. And so I want to know a little bit about, so as this young person, what were some of the challenges when you were younger? I mean, you've talked a little bit about it, but what were some of those key challenges that you had that might've been obstacles and that were difficult for you to feel like you could overcome? So one of the challenges was that when I was in third grade, my parents got a divorce 
And that was really tough on me because I didn't know how to manage my big emotions. And I think subconsciously, I felt like maybe it was my fault because I was too emotional or maybe I was um, being disrespectful or angry about everything. And so that was tough. And then as a result, I moved to Pakistan in sixth grade and being there in a whole new world and an environment where there's a lot of expectations of what a good girl or good woman is supposed right. to look like, feel like, what she's supposed to do. And I felt like me being my authentic emotional self was not as accepted there. Mm -hmm. So then that really hurt my mental health to a point where I decided I need to move back to America where I can be a little bit more free and um, authentic. Talk just a little bit about, because I love this piece, like with the culture clash and, and who you were as a young person, what were some of the things that, that were reflected to you about being a sensitive young person in Pakistan? In Pakistan? Yeah. Oh, hmm. yeah. So when I was in Pakistan and if I showed any types of emotions of fear, anxiety, sadness, hurt, anything other than joy, I was met with messages like, oh, you should just be grateful. Look, there's so much poverty outside. What do you have to be sad about? Or you should pray more. You need to have more faith. And that was hurtful because I did have faith and uh, I don't want other people to be judging me just because of my emotions. And then there was a lot of pressure about what will people think? So in our mm -hmm. culture, that's huge. Keeping up a certain persona for yourself and your family, sweeping things under the rug, not sharing anything that might make you look bad so all of those things combined really were affecting me right i mean what a huge impact i i'm thinking also about in some of the different different cultures that i have worked with they do not even have a word for mental health or mental health challenges anything around having having uh and a disorder did it, were you met with any of that because I don't know as much about Pakistan. So I, I'm, I'm going, were you met with, you feel fine or anything like that, being told how you felt too? Yeah, so when I was in Pakistan during my teenage years, I remember being told that, oh, this is just a Western thing. Like this is what people back in America talk about and complain about. Like you don't need that. You just have to kind of be strong and yeah uh, and pray more yeah all right so perfect so then you then you have this experience right and you say you come then you come back to America and remind me how old were you then when you came back here I was 15 so you're 15 Woo! 15 you know 15 <laughs> that's that's an age um and so you said you're you're coming back here to feel Freer. So then what was the experience as a 15 year old now, right? You've moved from sixth grade. So pre-adolescence and now you're in, you're in, you're in adolescence. So then what were you met with and what were your, what were some of your obstacles, but also then 
knowing that your journey has been in America, what were some of those things that actually helped you start to see, Hey, I get to be myself and I get to follow my intuition of who I am. Mm. Yeah. So when I came back to America, I was living in New York with my grandparents and they have been huge supports for me with their unconditional love, no matter how I feel, no matter what I say, if I mess up, if I show my not so pretty side that all of us has, right? We have a shadow side, but to the outside world, we present ourselves in a certain way. And so they loved and accepted all of me. And that really helped me in my journey. I ended up going to college and deciding I wanted to study psychology because I wanted to help other people. I still had no idea what I wanted to do, but I knew that, okay, well, this is some sort of way to help others. And um, of course, there were still challenges with my parents and they got remarried to other people and had more challenges in their marriages. So uh, me being the only child, worrying about them and feeling like I need to take care of them emotionally, but all of that stuff. So, so then, so you continue to, you, you went back to school in a sense to kind of say, this is how I want to give back because my experience is good. So a question I think that a lot of people would ask, because I've been asked of it is how do you get over your anxiety so that you can go do things in the world? So what, in a sense, what would you say to that? Mm. I think it's definitely been a journey and some things I have just had to learn with life experience um, and time. So just uh, showing up for my therapy appointments whenever I needed that, building those muscles of uh, learning how to feel the anxiousness and still do things anyways, take risks um, and go for my own life goals and satisfaction. And so what I say to, uh, I mean, even in this moment, I feel so anxious because I do care about what people think. How will I sound? Am I going to start uh, sound in, unintelligent or whatever? And to me, it's, self-soothing and reminding little Yasmin inside that it's okay, we're safe, we can still feel these things and still show up. And people don't connect with perfect people anyways. So thank you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that is so that is so perfect, Yasmin, because people think, uh, I mean, a lot of people that have asked me about my anxiety, because like you, I'm out in the world. And what I do is a lot of public speaking, right? So folks don't, mm -hmm. folks may think that that means you have conquered your anxiety, but and I don't want to say unfortunately, but the way you, you conquer your anxiety is you keep challenging yourself to things that make you feel anxious, right? Because no growth happens in a comfort zone. I wish, mm -hmm. I wish it did. Right. <laughs> um, so I love that. I love that. And so what have you found, you know, you've, you've been able to tell yourself, I'm going to keep moving through this anxiety in order to have the life that I really want to have. So what are some of the things that you are doing in this world um, at this point that 
make you continue to feel like you're getting outside of your comfort zone and that you're actually making an impact on people because I know you are. You made a huge impact on me <laughs> um, the first time we met. You were just somebody that I just was like, I have ne never let go of this little piece of you um, that I first connected with. So what are you doing? Oh, thank you. I feel the same way. What I'm doing is I'm trying my best to have self-compassion uh, in a daily moment to moment basis so that I can give more of myself to others. So making sure my basic needs are met and whenever possible, just being authentic. I've learned that when I can truly be myself, then other people can also feel some permission to be themselves. And it's really magical. Uh, when, when I trained with you, you had told me that uh, my secret sauce was vulnerability. And I've just found it to be so true. So if I can be vulnerable whenever I feel comfortable and I want to, then that helps me um, feel powerful because then I unlock something in the person in front of me and they share something vulnerable as well. And then it's just this human connection. So I think that uh, taking care of my own needs, reparenting myself rather than relying on external validation, but rather tapping in like, okay, what does little Yasmin need to hear right now? And how can I provide that for her has really helped me. And then sharing my story, being open and authentic, that has been healing for myself and um, helps me make an impact on others, hopefully. And um, just uh, trusting the process and and realizing that it's not about how much money I make or how many likes I get on social media. It's about showing up. Ah, perfect. Perfect. And so when you're showing up in places, what, I want to say, what are some of the things that you're doing out in your community in terms of your work where you do get to be vulnerable and authentic Um and obviously people connect with that. So what are some of the things that you've been doing on a platform, you know, or mm. what platforms are you using? Or I don't know the lingo, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I have been uh, teaching mental health first aid for adults and youth in different parts of my community virtually or in person, as well as QPR suicide prevention trainings. I facilitate self-compassion workshops for young people or uh, people of different ages. I um, did some social emotional learning workshops for kiddos. So anything around those lines of like psychoeducation in the community where I'm, I'm trying to tell people that you don't have to be a therapist to help other people. You can, you can learn tools and you being your true self and sharing yourself is a healing for the community. So I'm trying to model that the best that I can. And um, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. I love, of course, you know, I have this thing about really, I love working with youth and I love doing things that are going to help youth feel like they, they deserve a place in this world and to become, you know, inspiring themselves as they get older. And so, um, 
the work that you're doing with youth right now, what what are you seeing? What are you seeing or hearing that they're experiencing? Because I love some of these workshops you just talked about that you're doing. Yeah, so what I'm seeing when interacting with young people is a lot of challenges. <laughs> uh, you know, there's body image and with social media, the social comparison of seeing how it seems like everybody else's life is so glamorous or perfect. And then I, I see that there's a lot of pressures on them as well um, from society and what do you want to do as a career? How can you be successful? And how do you really just kind of make everyone happy, which is, of course, impossible. <laughs> and then like the whole self-criticism piece being on your being your own worst critic in a way. Um, those are just some of the themes that I've noticed which is why I think self-compassion and learning all of that and social emotional learning is so critical right right that's why I when you said that specifically is what you're teaching I thought what a gift what a gift to our young folks um you know I mean we talk about this a lot but that early intervention is key and you get you you're going to have a great opportunity where you're really planting seeds um for these youth and i that's that to me is the the really important part when i tell my own story i think about all the seeds that were planted that maybe i i didn't like somewhere in me i kept i i held on to them but they didn't make an impact until um i was older and i went back and that's why i like those those little seeds so um, I'm going to ask you, what is one of the biggest, and you might not know because you don't know a lot, a lot of times consciously if you're setting it or if you're planting a seed or not, but what's a seed that you try to knowing that it might take a while for some of the folks that you work with young people to work with, um, impact them. <clears throat> what is what some of those, a seed, just a, a, a seed. What is a seed that I hope to plant within young yes. people? Mm. Yeah. There's so much that I want to do, but one seed that I hope to plant is helping young people tend to their own inner child. Mm -hmm. I think that the whole inner child work is so healing because only we can give ourselves what we truly need. And so that's what I try to teach some tools where they can learn how to self-soothe or be kind to themselves or reframe certain um, negative thoughts. Um, I think that that's powerful. And I, I have a little niece, she's nine or 10 years old. And when I see her and I interact with her, I try to, um, I try to just really validate her because that's what I want to do for my own inner child. So I'm hoping that me doing that for her will help her validate her own self as she grows up and then she can pass it on to her future niece, et cetera. I love that. I, I, I mean, I just, the thing to think about, and it's such a big piece of work is every time I think about the criticism that I lay on myself, sometimes I have to, and I have pictures in my office as me as a little one, because those are so inspiring mm -hmm. anyways, um, just open to the world kind of feeling is reminding myself, like I would never speak 
to that little person the way that I speak to this person. So I love, I love that you have, you know, a young person in your life that you can reflect that to besides the other people that you're uh, sharing workshops with and stuff. So it kind of leads me into our last question, which is perfect, is knowing the journey that you have taken and your experiences with being a sensitive, a sensitive uh, person and, um, experiencing anxiety. And like you said, still experiencing that anxiety is what would you tell your younger self along knowing your journey? If you could go back and have the knowledge that you have and tell your younger self. Mm. I would tell my younger self that I love her unconditionally and I have full acceptance, even if she makes mistakes, even if she displeases other people, I will always be on her side and I will have her back. And to remember that feeling your feelings is a beautiful thing and never to take things personally, whether somebody else says you're horrible or you're amazing, it has nothing to do with you. It only has to do with that person. So you are not responsible of managing other people's emotions. You're just in charge of your own emotions. And just just do the best that you can. You can't always please everyone. It's really hard. I know you want to make everyone happy, but um, you're you're doing great just as you are. Oh, that's so perfect. Oh, I, that's so perfect. I'm going to, I'm going to actually put that in myself as well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I know. And we talk about like the outside validation, but it's like, if you can take those words from the outside and start to validate yourself with those words, that is wonderful. So is there any last things that you would like to share or anything um, that you would want our audience to know or take away with them? I would just encourage people to keep showing up that just no matter what you do, don't hold back. Don't play it small or think that your voice doesn't matter. Like keep showing up because you being you is a gift to everyone around you, even if you don't see the impact. And once again, people don't connect with perfect people just stumble, fall, make mistakes. It's all okay. And it's vulnerability is what connects us to each other in a deep way. I love it. So what a great, what a great note to end on. Do it messy folks. That's how, (laughs) that's how you keep growing is just getting out there and doing it messy. Thank you so much, Yasmin, for being with me. I I just appreciate your time and I appreciate your amazing, beautiful, magical energy. So um, I want to say thank you. And I'm hoping you have a great day. Yeah, no, thank you so much, Carrie. You've really, um, you've really helped me in my confidence throughout the journey of educating people on mental health first aid. So I'm honored that I got to be here. <laughs> 